Today in Science from Wired. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. The six-foot Chinese giant salamander is in serious trouble. By Matt Simon. The six-foot-long, 140-pound Chinese giant salamander is a being that defies belief and seemingly the laws of the physical universe. It's the largest amphibian on the planet, a gargantuan, though harmless, beast that rests on river bottoms hoovering up fish. Once it grows big enough, not many critters dare touch it, save for, of course, humans particularly the conservationists who are working to save the creature. The good bit about that work is that scientists have used tissue samples and genetics to determine that the salamander is not one species but at least five. Unfortunately, that doesn't mean that there are automatically five times as many salamanders in the world. And that reclassification means conservationists have been going about trying to save the critically endangered creature, all wrong. It's a devastating reminder that saving species means properly classifying them first. You could once find the outsized salamander across China, from high elevations to the subtropical climes of the south. And folks mostly left them alone. People didn't want to touch them, didn't want to eat them, didn't want to go near them, says conservationist biologist Samuel Turvey of the Zoological Society of London, co-author on two papers out today in Current Biology. It was bad luck if you did any of those things, or bad luck if you even saw them. That changed in the 1970s, when a market emerged in China for giant salamander meat. Today, even with laws in place to protect the creature, poachers still fish them out of rivers. Really, the only place you're guaranteed to actually find them anymore is in the country's commercial salamander farms, which breed the things by the millions. The idea to conserve the giant salamander, then, was to use these farms to replenish wild populations around China. Great idea on paper, had the reality not been that the farms were pretty much only producing one lineage, from the Yellow River. While the distinct species of Chinese giant salamander may look the same, and scientists aren't fully sure if they do or not because the specimens and historical data are too rare, their genetics most certainly are not. The salamander has a slightly smaller counterpart over in Japan, by the way, that appears to be faring better, though not particularly great. 
All around the country, different varieties of salamanders were inhabiting wildly different regions. Consequently, the animals are likely adapted to their native environments, says Kunming Institute of Zoology biologist Jing Qi, co-author on the papers. Adaptations could involve breeding times and cues, as well as physiological adaptations to different environs. And conservationists were unwittingly tainting some of the country's rivers with the wrong species. Those imposters likely bred with local varieties of the salamander, hybridizing and homogenizing the gene pool. That may have wiped out a species' unique adaptations to its home range. Indeed, Turvey and his co-authors found good evidence that the Yellow River lineage had taken over. This, by far, the most common variety found in farms. It's also the lineage that we detected in all of the wild salamanders that we were able to capture and sample, says Turvey, including salamanders in the wild from the south of the country, which is not in the Yellow River drainage, so they couldn't have been there naturally. Really, though, the researchers were lucky to even find salamanders in their four-year search. After surveying 97 sites, we found salamanders in only four localities, says conservation biologist Andrew Cunningham, also of the Zoological Society of London. And based on the genetics, it appears likely that most or all of them are actually escapees or releasees from farms rather than representing native wild populations. Which is not to say that wild populations don't exist, but the issue remains that a well-intentioned, yet not fully informed breeding program may have accidentally doomed the species instead of saving them. Had this more complex taxonomy come to light earlier, it's quite likely conservation management could have prevented this admixture, this swamping of genetic lineages from happening, says Turvey. There is a cryptic upside to all this. Advances in genetic testing and technological differentiation of species, as opposed to the old-school method of just eyeballing them for differences, will undoubtedly help save other species. Take the saga of the Lord Howe Island stick insect. It thrived on its namesake island until the early 20th century, when human-introduced rats wiped it out. Then, in 2001, scientists found what appeared to be a stockier version of the insect on a neighboring island. Only through genetic testing were the researchers able to determine that even though the living and extinct populations show physical differences, they're actually the same species. So now conservationists can use the surviving bugs to repopulate Lord Howe Island if they so choose. But is this the end for the wild Chinese giant salamander? Matters look dire, but not altogether lost. Locally, pure animals need to be located, and these need to be bred in non-commercial facilities, says Qi. Once genetically tested, their offspring can be released, and the Chinese government has to get better at stopping poachers. Local communities could also step up to help protect the giant. Maybe, then, the genetic epiphany of the Chinese giant salamander came just in time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.